0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. From the Grand Iron Blitz, episode 440 in the house, Oscar Lopez, alongside going to be Mark Simone and Nate Ward in the second hour as we're going to break down everything LNFA Femenina week five, week six. Get ready for the playoffs in Spain. On top of that, we're going to do our WNFC final takes for week one. So we'll give you the lowdown on what's going to happen in week one in the WNFC. Plus, we're going to be talking to two amazing athletes, uh, veteran athletes of Women's American Football, and that's going to be Danielle Ayala, the quarterback of the New York Wolves. We're going to be talking 2022 ending, which was disappointing. They really anticipated them to go to the road to Canton. And the anticipation for the 2023 WFA season kickoff, that's going to be April 22nd here. We're also going to be talking to Esther Delgado, a longtime veteran of the sport in Texas, uh, Texas Valley Sports. Women's Gridiron with the River City Warriors. She's going to be talking about her journey from the SSFL early days and the current state of the game as we stand today with women's sports. So it's going to be really awesome. On top of that, we're going to be breaking down everything WNFC in the second hour, so don't forget to go anywhere. Uh, We are powered by Zazzle.com. So if you guys haven't checked out our ads going on on Zazzle, thanks to Zazzle for helping us out, push out ads. Thank you to the talented Cassie Cubist for the awesome uh, shoot. In the winter mode, there of the not a um, not a boys game uh, hoodie. You can check it out right there at uh, the hub at No Joke Football Shop at zazzle.com forward slash on Beauties. Uh, you get up to 25% off today if you get to take advantage of it. Worldwide shipping, anywhere in the world you want it, Zazzle will ship it to you. Uh, that's the reason that we partner with them. They're amazing. Thanks to the Zazzle team for making us very awesome. Uh, all the way around worldwide, and uh, supporting women's tackle football as well. So we're going to dive into uh, episode 440 right now as we talk to uh, XFL 2022 week 6, which was a really awesome. Monday nighter of all days. Normally you see that in the NFL, college football maybe in January. But uh, XFL did put up a Monday nighter, and it was d uh, c defenders remaining undefeated uh, well, St. Louis also was chasing that. So uh, Saturday is where we start. Uh, so uh, the week six started with Seattle Dragons visiting the Orlando Guardians. The Seattle Dragons, uh, winners of three straight coming into the week as one of the hottest teams in the league uh, after starting week one pretty bad. And uh, looking to challenge the undefeated defenders in the XFL North, the Guardians, meanwhile, were simply searching for their first win. Well, Orlando was one of its better uh, had its performances in the last three weeks. They've literally improved. Too many uh, guardian mistakes allowed Seattle to re- to escape with the victory. So the Dragons 26, Guardians 19. Seattle got the, uh, on board first with a 37-yard Dominic Elverly field goal in the first quarter, largely dominated by the defense. Uh, Seattle took advantage of a 49-yard Kelvin McKnight punt return to provide the early lead. You can get all the highlights right there uh, on Twitter at XFL 2023. So if you missed that, you can you take care of it and, and we'll rewatch it there. So the Dragons began the drive at the Orlando's 43-yard line, but the Guardians' defense managed to keep Seattle out of the end zone. So you had um, big plays. So after a big uh, you know effort on uh, the Dragons to a 30, 37-yard field goal, so they went up 3-0 with about 5:50 left in the first quarter. Then the Guardians and Dragons traded Fugles in the early second quarter with each team getting a huge play in the process. Uh, Running back Devin Darrington of the Guardians ripped off a 31-yard run that set up the Orlando in scoring position. McKnight returned the ensuring kickoff, 45 yards to give Seattle another short field. The Guardians the lead with just two minutes remaining in the half after a lengthy 65-yard drive that took nearly six minutes off the clock. Darrington came up big again, finding the end zone on a three-yard rush and adding to the points after the yards so uh um, if you want to watch the uh touchdown there you can follow at the SOTG which is Kyle Nash on Twitter so you can get it right there it's a 10 to 6 is what the uh, score was with 2 minutes left in the half and that was uh the Sea Dragons had a promising drive just before the half but quarterback Ben Denushi was picked off by Naheem Hosen in the end zone. Orlando had come up close to snagging a couple of Denushi passes. They finally got one with Seattle threatening to take the lead. The Orlando interception uh, is, you know, was big. The turnover gave the Guardians an, an opportunity to add to their lead, but their drive stalled in the Seattle Dragons' territory. Their punt then went into the end zone, giving the Dragons a chance with the ball at the 35-yard line. Uh, and that's unique for XFL uh, touchback rules with 21 seconds to go, and that's where people are really loving XFL because it's got different different type of uh, rules we talked about it in the previous podcast. Seattle cashed in with a 54-yard Everly field goal, but Orlando still carried out a 10-9 lead into the intermission. The Guardians stalled in the Dragons' territory again in the third quarter, and once again they punt resulted in a touchback. This time, Seattle capitalized fully, copying the. Ensuing drive with a 20-yard touchdown strike from Danishi to Blake Jackson. Uh, Ja'Core Pearson caught Danishi's two-point pass, giving Seattle a seven-point late in the third lead. The Guardians responded quickly, though, with Darrington finding Pater on a, uh, on a 43-yard touchdown run. However, the Guardians' two-point try was unsuccessful, and the Dragons maintained a slim lead at that point. The two-teams traded field goals again in the early fourth quarter and the Dragons later capitalized on another Guardian special team's miscue. a blocked a uh, punt handed the Seattle team, the ball on the Orlando six-yard line, and an opportunity to extend their lead. Um, it was just a uh, Seattle extended to lead with a four-yard pass, TD pass from Danushi to Juan Green. The two-point attempt was no good, which left the door cracked for the Guardians. However, uh, Seattle were able to put away the game after a costly fumble by running back Darrington of the Guardians. The turnover gave... The Dragons the ball with less than two minutes remaining, and he gave it back to the Guardians. Only forty seconds to go. The Guardians made it into Seattle territory, but quarterback Domani uh, was heavily pressured on fourth down, and Orlando couldn't convert. Seattle picked up its fourth consecutive victory, while the Guardians suffered another frustrating defeat. So uh, it was really an uh, awesome game. If you missed it, uh, pretty much go back and replay it. the The game that we were uh, also anticipating. St. Louis in a, a must-win situation as well because they're uh, trying to get up to the D.C. defenders. In Saturday's nightcap, the Vegas Vipers hooked to the St. Louis Battlehawks. The Vipers uh, seeking only their second win of the season, their first coming off last week against the winless uh, Orlando Guardians. The C- St. Louis uh, Battlehawks, meanwhile, were ho- looking to rebound from a Week 5 loss to the defenders and to keep pace with Seattle in the north. This is one of uh, St. Louis's Start to finish, the late late game got off to a slow start. They scored first quarter. However, the Battlehawks scored immediately at the start of the second quarter on a four-yard touch, uh, touch uh, sweep by Gary Jennings. You can get the uh, information there on Twitter as well at uh, Football, which we uh, follow as well. The Battlehawks added their lead in the second quarter with a 40-yard uh, Donnie Hagman field goal. They extended it further with a 30-yard touchdown pass for McCarron to wide out Shepard. The second two-point attempt was unsuccessful, but St. Louis still took a 17-0 lead into halftime. McCarron was virtually flawless in the first half, going 17-of-20 for 166 and two touchdowns, which the Vipers' D could just not contain. Uh, you remember, McCarron spent six seasons in the NFL, uh, quickly becoming one of the XFL's top single callers as well. Um, and it was really, really nice to see. Um, he was 17-of-20, 85%, 166 passing yards, Two touchdowns uh, was really, really good day for him. The Battlehawks continued to build momentum in the second half. Las Vegas got the ball to start third, but quarterback Luis Perez was picked off by vert Hill, which gave the Battlehawks the ball just over, over midfield. St. Louis cashed in, in a, on a turnover with a one-yard Kareem Walker touchdown again. The two-point failed, but with a 23-point lead, Las Vegas doing very little offensively. The Battlehawks were in complete control, and so uh, – Jen Wilter's uh, Vipers couldn't get the job done at this point. So a heavy dose of running running back Brian Hill put the uh, the Battlehawks in scoring position, and McCarron found Shepard for a six-start six start touchdown and a 29-6 lead, and that was all she wrote. So the second game drew more of a mixed reaction on social media, with some fans loving St. Louis' potential as a playoff team and others lamenting Vegas' poor play. So get get to say that there so the reaction was a lot of reaction on twitter <laughs> vipers are horrible <laughs> that Was literally some of the reactions uh but karen's the dude so much respect to him uh week six will continue sunday uh uh it was the renegades hosting uh the brahmas uh in a rematch of week five that game slated, was, was slated for uh for sunday but monday was the big game monday was just a the awesome game that happened um it was the defenders staying undefeated. That was the the, the part that, uh, I mean, if you saw Lois Cook on social media, you saw that it was basically excitement after excitement, especially for um, for the XFL. So it was really, really cool to see. Um, they're, they're the best team, I think, right now currently in the uh, XFL. I'm going to get the notes here that I wrote down. Wrote down here the notes. Here's my notes. So the defenders basically – uh, besides the Roughnecks, who started at the beginning of the season, uh, it was basically DC has been rolling the whole time. So it was really awesome to see that. So it was just uh, you know amazing, amazing matchup. If you follow Lois Cook uh, on um, TikTok or on IG, she really exciting time there as well. So um, it was a Monday night edition of the XFL, which is very rare. They've had Thursday, I think Saturday and Sunday as a matchup, uh, but they stretched it into uh, a three-game affair. So the defenders and the Roughnecks battled in one of the better games of the season. The top two teams in each division went head-to-head. It was by far the highest quality game of the weekend, a championship preview that was worth every second of the wait. Of course, that meant we had to sit through a couple of non-competitive games and another offensive travesty in order to get here. That's part, of course, for the XFL. So there are four teams which can offer quality play weekend, week out when those four teams play each other. And in any combination, we get a game worth uh, tuning in for. The other four, not so much. And obviously, we're talking about Orlando, Vegas, Arlington, and San Antonio. Uh, the top teams, obviously, are D.C., St. Louis, Houston, and Seattle. So it remains uh, a shame that one of the roughnecks, seed, seed Dragons or Battlehawks, will have to stay home while the Brahmas or Renegades will probably get a, a, a playoff berth. So uh, we did see some movement this week. A big St. Louis. Uh, Battle Hawks win restores St. Louis to second place overall, knocking Houston and Seattle down in third and fourth. Um, and so we also saw Arlington and Vegas swap places at the one to five. Vipers look very, very bad this week, even though uh, even the no offense renegades deserve uh, more praise than that. So uh, it was 26 to nine. Oh, I recapped already. Let me just go back and. Get the highlights here. It was not 26 to 9. It was 29 to 6, uh, St. Louis uh, versus Vegas, and then the uh, other scores were 15 to 9. Uh, just of note, uh, Arlington Renegades at their home game. You had the WNFC champions, the uh, Texas Elite Spartans, in the house. Part of the event uh, that we had talked to uh, Elizabeth Jenkins on last week's podcast. 4:39. Uh, so if you missed it, go ahead and back and replay it on all your favorite platforms. But it was really good to see. Uh, so they got some, a little bit of attention on the field. Uh, Danny Garcia as well was talking was ta- was out there as well, acknowledging them. But a uh, big win by San Antonio, uh, 15 to nine. So short week to get another win, and uh, they got to go to Vegas, and they should be able to nail that in. 37, 26, uh, Defenders, your winner, an undisputed team to beat in the XFL. The D.C. defenders sitting tall at 6-0 after knocking off the Battlehawks both home and away games. They took the best shot. The uh, XFL South, uh, which is the Roughnecks, blasting the Roughnecks early and holding them on to claim the win despite Houston, uh, Houston's furious attempt at a comeback. The Roughnecks threw all they had at the defenders, but it wasn't enough to knock the Kings off the top of the hill. For half, it looked like this was going to be a very close, good game, but it didn't turn out to be that way. So, It was just... Uh, you know, DC's leading uh, defense made things tough for uh, Brandon Silvers and Max Borhe. Um They did, just could not get anything done, and defensively, that's why um, you know DC is obviously top-notch, and they are just uh, a beast. So they're uh, amazing at home and on the road. So either way, they they got they got it done. They got it done. So in the end, though, it wasn't enough. The first uh, first half hole too deep for Houston. The D.C. offense, too efficient in the second half. Houston scored with 27, but they failed their conversion and left it in a two-score game, and their onside replacement failed. Anyways, the defenders win, and they do remain undefeated. So it was an exciting weekend, XFL. And, um, you know, if you follow us at the Hub, get the breakdown right there by Bleacher Report, everything that happened. If you go to follow us on Twitter, to get the breakdown there from all the accounts uh, that we follow there on the handles as well. So looking forward to week seven in the uh, XFL, but it looks like DC's in total control here. Uh, Houston has to basically win out. St. Louis is probably the only other rival that they have. Uh, everybody else is shuffling. Arlington's shuffling. San Antonio's shuffling. Uh, Seattle shuffling. So that's uh, going to be interesting finish for the XFL. All right, guys. If you missed our podcast, don't forget you can subscribe on your favorite platform: Spotify, Apple, Sprecher, by iHeart. Uh, if you uh, haven't checked that out, uh, thank you to Lilani Kamal, uh, Amber, Amber Marcucci, and Lo, uh, Lois Cook. Four thirty-eight was also a huge, huge uh, metrics for us. Thank you to uh, Grace Cooper and Coach Soho as well. Four thirty-six was uh, really big metrics. So starting the year off right, uh, getting more traction to bring more attention to women's tackle football in general and to our podcast. So if you are missed out on anything that's happening in the sport, you know where to go. You go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash That is the place to be. The best network on the planet. It is us at the hub, facebook.com forward slash That's where you get the lowdown of everything that's happening in the sport, including the upcoming seasons in May uh, in Canada, Germany, uh, Czech, Czech Republic, uh, Sweden, Finland coming up. Plus in April we got WFA, WNFC, LexFa, LaFi in Mexico as well. WFL in Mexico. So don't don't miss out. Stay up to date right there at the hub, Facebook.com forward slash grand All right guys, we're gonna go into the Zazzle huddle. Like I said, you can go to Zazzle, uh, Zazzle.com forward slash Beauties, worldwide shipping on anything you, you can get right there, t-shirts, leggings, gifts and other stuff like Marble and uh, and uh, also Disney. So you can check out Cassie Cubis right there on our uh, gallery as well. And you can get her favorite hoodie, the Not a Boys Game hoodie, out for the summer. So check it out. Get your uh, hoodie up to 25% off, I believe, till midnight today. So take advantage of that, plus worldwide shipping. So we're going to be talking to QB of the D2 New York Wolves, and that's going to be Danielle Ayala right now, and we're going to bring her on here. Danielle, how's it going tonight? Good.
2: Hey, Oscar, how are you?
1: How are we doing today?
2: Fantastic. How are you? You doing fantastic?
1: All right, you getting ready? Got all that off-season iron after a disappointing 2022 ending there on a technicality? We thought you were going to be in (laughs) Canton the whole time, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, we thought so too, but you know, things happen, but we'll be back.
1: All right, how hungry are we? What's the squad look like? Are they they look hungry? Oh.
2: <laughs> we're starving. We're starving out here. This is, you know, last year we weren't able to go to the playoffs, but you know what? We'll take in a stride and uh we're coming back this year stronger. We got a lot of new pieces, some good rookies coming through, so you know, we're we're happy and we're ready. We're ready for this season to start.
0: All right. So
1: you're 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 hunting like Wolves, right? 2023 is going to be that that season <laughs> where you're heading to Canton like Wolves. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Danielle, how was the off season for you? Was it uh, pretty interesting after this whole this whole situation and get back into get back on track? I know you've been doing some flag um, events with uh, I think the Women's Gridiron Right Uh, Foundation as well.
2: Yeah. um, You know, off season, just wanted to keep playing football. So I actually went and played flag myself. Um, I did a few coaching uh clinics with the women's gridiron foundation um we did a couple of uh clinics with uh, young girls it's always an amazing time doing that um see the impact that we have on them and it's always fun the the kids are always fun they always want to show you up so it's it's very adorable and cute but and, and they keep us like on our toes
1: now, in New York, uh, the growth of the flag leagues, starting, you know, with the Jets and the Giants and then obviously the, the state in itself, like California and Florida. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like very nice to see, right? Kind of like a feeder system build up, uh, especially now that you can get an NAIA scholarship, especially if, um, after, you know, after uh, college or before college, after high school, you can probably get an NAIA college uh, scholarship. Like uh, And most, most girls are doing that now, like uh, Lilani Kamal, last when we talked to her. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. on 4.38, she was ready to rock and roll to, as well. And then uh, we got a bunch of, you know, we got a bunch of, uh, you know, players now coaching in the uh, college ranks too with the, with the flags and stuff like Tony Fuller and Angelica Grayson and it's a bunch of other players. So I think a, a lot of these yeah, WFA exactly. vets, at some point, they're just going to branch it to that level, you know?
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's smart. You know, we have a lot of women who play football who are more than, Uh, eligible more than uh, have enough knowledge to be able to coach a a football team, whether it be the NFL, you know, the XFL or flag in in college. Um, I think, you know, after we all hang up our cleats, that'll be a great avenue for us um, as players to go and do if we so choose. So you have
1: uh, opportunities in in, uh, New York, is it is it really big? Is it starting to get traction there as well? I know you guys have had your own um, – I think before the Sharks had some sort of flag program as well, but now it's kind of, like, backed up by the NFL, which makes it a lot more intricate.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, there's flaglies all over New York City. I, like, like you can just turn your head and there, <laughs> there's people playing flag. Um, so it's always fun to see, you know. You, you love I, – I mean, I love to see it because, it's like, you know uh, – Flag is just one of those sports where anyone can play, and uh, you know it—it's it, fun for everyone. Um, you can also take it to the, you know, professional level, um, so it gives everybody avenues to to be able to enjoy football. Anyone, for anyone to enjoy football.
1: Now there's a there's going to be I think a, a the AFFL it's going to have a women's and men's division, but it's going to be a pro division in 2025. I think a lot of WFA stars you know, are going to have to just kind of think twice about, okay, do I continue this road of <laughs> damaged goods or do I go play pro flag and get paid? Uh, and I know Adrian Smith, we talked yeah. to her in, in the past, it was something that was just in its infancy, you know, it wasn't really serious about it. But now uh, from what I gathered, some feedback is uh, they're really pursuing uh, investors just like they would in any other realm of, of, you know, men's football. And now they're going to include a women's division. So I think an mm-hmm. average salary is going to be like 60 k which is not too bad for just a 10-week no, season.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, but I think, like, you know, with people who play tackle, you're, you'll are you miss it for a little bit. But if you're getting paid that much, why not? <laughs> you might as well go do it.
1: It's still conditioning, right? I mean, even if you went to yeah, play for 60 K, k you'd still be conditioned. You know what I mean? It, it's going to keep you somewhat conditioned, so. It's just, it's oh, yeah, just a, you know, you're going to have to pick and choose.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, that, that'll be a great conditioning for us, and you, and you get paid for it. So, I mean, uh, why not?
1: I think it's going to be great once it launches. Uh, it's going to be, I think, eighteens nationwide. Dallas, I think, uh, California. Um, they're trying mm-hmm, to do, like, mm-hmm. three hotbeds. Florida as well. So, once it starts, yeah, it yeah. Should, be, should be good. Um. So, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what, what happened, uh Danielle? Did you guys kick Gabby out? Because she's on she's at the ring. She's not getting beat down on the fort on Squirt Circle. What's going on with Gabby?
2: <laughs> Gabby is just like a freaking amazing person. Like she's such a a great athlete. She just can't contain it to football. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know I I love to see her playing you know wrestling. Um, I love to see her playing football. But I know you know she's going to go on her own avenues. She's still young enough um to be able to like explore the sport so listen i'm all for it i know gabby's gonna just kill it on whatever she does so i'm happy to see it
1: all right she's gonna be in Ah! wwe and then you're gonna go why didn't i go that route she's gonna be like (laughs) right you're gonna be at the arena like what did i take this route for i could have gone that route
2: listen I, (laughs) i can't i can't do that i'm i'm a little bit uh a little bit too old for that but uh you know I'll, I'll go. I'll go and be support. I'll I'll be the 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 weirdo with the face paint and the, the signs oh. all day.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? It's 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 really entertaining. And she's she's got that side of her, right? It's the entertaining side. So oh yeah, that's
2: it. You, you and, know, you didn't the, have the, the gnome, She definitely has it.
1: The, the, the gnome is just impressive. I think you know, it's added <laughs> to her uh, to her little. Uh, Uh, Wrestling thing, I thought for sure she was gonna add the gnome, and she did. So that was pretty impressive.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she can't. You know, she's she's the gnomey. We gotta. She's gotta carry that name for the rest of her life now.
1: (laughs) She's really good. Well, wait wait to see her in WWE or or AEW. So hopefully, oh, I can't wait. AEW probably more likely.
2: I mean, look, they better watch out for her because if she wrestles the way she tackles on the field, they better uh, they better get prepared for her. Oh no,
1: she's she, you know she you know she's a beast. Uh, she knows she'll be on the on the gridiron. <laughs> beast. The squirt circle is going to be nothing for her. I mean, but it, you know it's a new craft, right? So, and I think she enjoys that—the fact that it's a new craft and it's, it's kind of new, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she's good at it. So why not?
1: Yeah, it's it's really good. <laughs> all right, uh, so it's not really acting, but it is in a way. But you know, hey, it's a cup of tea. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> deal with it. Yeah,
2: it's fine. Um, <laughs>
1: all right, so now let's talk the schedule because mm-hmm. we got Tri-State, much improved probably from last year, mm-hmm. and th- they're the ones that got the kick in right for the playoffs when you guys got your infraction. Yeah, and,
2: yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, time to beat
1: them down, week one, and explain to them that that they didn't deserve that. <laughs>
2: kidding
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out
2: well they'll find out first week i'm sure
1: <laughs> all right hopefully it's a w because then we're talking smack right now in the off season so hopefully it's a w right um all right and then you get baltimore which baltimore has mm-hmm. been your uh kind of like your rival right you're kind of your mainstay rival uh on the yeah. east coast yeah. in terms of the d2 level uh we got maine mm-hmm. coming back we have no idea what they're going to be about and then you get uh, your other rival, in-state rival, uh, the knockout, which they also didn't get in because of Massey, which was screwed <laughs> for them for D three. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this, this Massey thing—it's as it's, it's bad toothpaste. You know, you can't get it out. You can't even rinse it off in your mouth sometimes. It's just bad.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like uh, brushing your teeth and then drinking orange juice.
1: <laughs> it's bad. Uh, I mean, I know, I know <laughs> yeah. they're cringing probably like for this season again, <laughs> and hopefully they don't yeah. get, they don't get knocked out again, you know, cause I know they were not happy, you know, getting knocked out. So you get uh, basically yeah. uh, tr- a tri-state twice, right? Mid-season mm-hmm. per- first week and then mid- mid-week, mi- mid-season. You get Baltimore second week and then uh, the week before, and then you get, you know, the knockout at the end. So um, pretty, mm-hmm. uh, could be impressive there. Uh, what do you think of your, uh, your chances here? Are we running the table? Is that the goal?
2: I would like to think we're running the table. I mean, if if I if I didn't say otherwise, I wouldn't have any faith in my team. So I mean, we're looking to have an undefeated season again. If that doesn't happen, I mean, we'll still be working our behinds off and uh, trying to get into that playoffs and getting a, and trying to get the kitten. That's that's our main goal. Our main goal is just trying to get a kitten and get a get a ring out of it. So whatever happens uh, those, in between the first, I hope season, those games the first are game and the
1: season until so I hope those games are competitive oh, that? because – I said I hope those games are competitive because I think Massey is more favorable that way. You know what I mean? You start blowing people out. Yeah, I hope sometimes so. Sometimes the algorithm doesn't, uh, isn't as friendly, you know what I mean, when you start blowing people out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hope so too. Um, but, you know, uh, the whole Massey thing, it is what it is. We got to work around it and um, – it just it, – it, it, I know we all have, like, a bad taste in our mouth with certain things with Matthew, but it's just what it is. Like, we just have to just find a way around it and, you know, try to get the best seating as as possible to go into the playoffs so we can have that home field advantage.
1: All right. Uh, if you go down, how how deep is, are you guys at quarterback? Let's say it doesn't happen, but are you pretty deep at quarterback? You got back up, third string. You got anybody else that might take the reins if something would happen?
2: Uh, yeah, we have Karen Mulligan. Molly's oh, back. Oh wow, really? Last He's year? There? So, yeah, Molly came back I as a coach. I thought she was coaching. What uh, was that?
1: I said I thought she was coaching.
2: She was, um, <laughs> but last year during you're the laughing. Baltimore
1: you're laughing. What's going team, on here? Did you guys see
2: her in What was that?
1: Did you guys pay her some cookies to come back?
2: <laughs> so we tried she she wanted to stay retired, but you know like we were like, "Hey, like we just need somebody to come in um because we don't really have anybody else um you know, last year during the Baltimore game, I got injured. She came in and finished the game, mm-hmm. so you know we she's mully, mully, you know we have all the entire world of faith in her if anything happens to me, so you know, it, it, there won't be much of a change if she has to come in. So, you know. So, I a, so
0: Danielle, out of the shadows,
1: out of the shadows from the world, the, the, the veteran shark will come in to save you. Is that what you're saying? If it if it does happen.
2: If if it does happen, you know we we got Molly, so we have all the faith in the okay. world for for her. With her. <laughs>
1: She's still well, got I mean, it. So
2: you know, there's she no didn't, other favorite we have
1: you, you can have as a substitute than her. I mean, that, that's like, right? That's like the best substitute you can have.
2: Yeah, that's the the best option. So we have right. yeah, well, we're like, if anything happens, we're good. We're fine. <laughs>
1: all right. Well, good to hear it. Good to hear that you're you because uh, that's what happens most of the time during the season. It's like you know, a key element of of the teams go down. And then we get to see the obviously the the, the drop off, right? We, a, we start to see a drop off, yeah. even though the offensive line can be in place, but it, it does take you know one or two games to get you know some consistency. So hopefully that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But so we got no. Tri-State. Looking forward to the 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be a, a good matchup for you guys. Should be a tough matchup. And then we got Baltimore, and then Maine, and Tri-State, Baltimore, mm-hmm. and then New York knockout so i believe we predicted uh a one a what uh five and one i think we had predicted five and one or five and two so i uh, i you know don't hold us to it until the the end of the season but
2: oh i won't trust me <laughs> <laughs>
1: but arriving in canton is the goal so hopefully this is the year we we were so high for you last year uh Martin mm-hmm. Simone myself everybody's like hey what they going they go going, they're, they should be arriving in Canton and you're almost there almost there and we're like what happened <laughs> what's going on
2: <laughs> Listen I mean this year we have a much stronger team like I said before uh we have a bunch of rookies that are like studs so I mean it's, it's nothing but up from here Yeah
1: you know, I I believe you that's why I'm saying it's like hopefully that's you know the end result is you know, you arrive in Canton, a uh, big moment to arrive in Canton. Um, you saw the the other teams last year and the year before. Um, so mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is the moment to get there, right? To be spotlighted. Six of the best teams in the WFA. and uh, You want to be one of those six teams.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Have you been in the hall of fame?
2: I have not. I, uh... <laughs> I was really hoping we got to Kenton last year so I can visit the Hall of Fame, but I might have to take a visit before um, all this just so I can en- enjoy it because I know championship weekend is a, is crazy. So um, I would love to. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. I heard it was awesome and amazing. I would love to see the exhibition where, with all the women's football or the women in football exhibition. Um, so that would be an amazing sight.
1: All right, um, do you feel, uh, before we let you go, you got yourselves in the playoffs for D2. Uh, what rival do you feel you're going to be? Who's the other rival in, in D2 that you feel is going to be at the end as well, besides yourselves?
2: Uh, I mean, in Canton?
1: I would uh, say just in Canton, I, yeah, to arrive. If you arrive I, I don't, if I
2: don't, I don't know. I later. mean, <laughs> it, I don't know, honestly, like, It's just a a, a toss-up, but whoever's there, whoever ends up there with us uh, is going to be in for a a huge battle. So it doesn't matter who it is. All right, so we have uh,
1: in pro, we have the Renegades running the table and chopping up another (laughs) trophy. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I mean, until somebody stops them, I I don't see that not happening. I mean, like the Renegades are... Are the team to beat? I mean, I don't, I don't think any other team in the di- in the division can can stop them. I would hope, I would love to see that, but uh, until it happens, until it actually happens, uh, yeah, got them. I got them winning.
1: So we got Renegades, Sharks. Uh, probably deep three is going to be the toss up where we have to just throw the coin. But we have to wait till like week seven. I don't like dealing with D three till week seven. There's just so many things, and, and the, the rosters are unknown. And I don't have the time to go through the rosters. And
2: by yeah, week seven, I can go division. through
1: the rosters. It's yeah. it's huge.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you said sharks are the wolves now. Just
1: no. I, I I did say the uh you know the legendary shark taking care of the backup uh, right from the shadows of the wolves right come back. <laughs> If needed, right? So yeah, yeah. Either way, either way, it's two bites, right? You're the bite for the wolves. She was the previous bite for the for the sharks. So you're in good hands, yeah. If Logan, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, no matter what.
2: Um, yeah, I'm excited though. Can't wait. Can't wait for the season to start. All right. Uh, are you still Are you still doing
1: Wilson? Are you still partnering with Wilson or no?
2: Um, I didn't actually have a partnership. Uh, one of my teammates did, and she had us join us with uh, some photo shoots. Um, so uh, I think this season we might have uh, one or two more, um, which would be really exciting and, and cool to be a part of.
1: All right, no problem. So just want to make sure um, anything that you need to let the fans know, fundraising uh, you guys are doing before the season starts here. I know it always gets to the you know crunch time before the playoffs, and whether you're going to get you know, slot it in or you don't, and you still need some money for travel. So uh, where can they go to support you guys?
2: Um, so, yeah, you can go on our social media. We have Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok before it gets banned. Up. <laughs> uh, you can go at our website, uh, newyorkwolves.com. We have all fundraising information. We're selling raffle tickets. Uh, game tickets will be online as well. Uh, so you know, if you want to know any news about the New York Wolves, just follow us on social media. Everything is all up to date. So um, yeah, yeah, whatever is needed, we have a, a, a merch shop coming. So we got We got that. We got everything coming. So just follow us on social media. Uh, you know, and then if you want to follow the, the the players, they got a they got a lot of us tagged on on social media. So you can just go and uh, have some fun and follow everyone.
1: Yeah, and that logo is really killer too. So if you if you like a killer logo, there it is. New York Wolves logo is pretty killer.
2: Yeah, Andra. Andra, the former Sharks owner, created that for us. So it's like a it's like our parting gift to, to us.
1: Yeah, it looks great on shirts too. So just so you know, so pretty, yeah,
2: cool. Yeah. pretty cool, pretty cool.
1: New York gear, right? New York Wolves gear. Oh yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> that's it. Thanks for making the time. Are you out in the, out and about, or you're not a practice? man, are you?
2: Uh, yeah, we're. I'm. Uh, you got me out of uh, conditioning right now, so I'm just watching my teammates run.
1: <laughs> is that a thank you, or are you thanking me for that? Or that is a thank you.
2: <laughs> that is a thank <laughs> you, but I'm sure once I hang up, they're going to be like, "No, you now you got double time." So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I, I apologize for that. Then, if you do get. Uh, wax for a couple more things
2: that's right. uh, but I appreciate
1: you <laughs> coming and making the time I, I really appreciate it well, looking forward to you guys uh, finishing strong and like I said arriving in, in uh, Canton that's what our anticipation was for 2022 so uh, looking mm-hmm. forward to see what the Wolves are going to be able to you know take care of business and actually you know land in Canton which is where everybody wants to be in the end
2: yeah well thank you so much for having me um, always a pleasure thank you so much Oscar and uh, hopefully we talk soon
1: Yes, we will. Uh enjoy it. Uh hopefully the workout isn't going to be so horrible since I took you away from it.
2: Yeah, no, I I'll handle it. It's hard. it's fine.
1: <laughs> All right, QB, thank you very much. Uh we'll t- touch you. base uh middle of the season maybe or end of the season before Canton. So, looking forward to the Wolves sure. doing great in 2023.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Oscar. Have a you have a good have night. A good night. Right, bye.
1: All right, guys, Uh, Danielle Ayala, uh, quarterback of the New York Wolves. Uh, What uh, an anticipation 2022 was for them to arrive in Canton. Just didn't happen with some technicalities and some rules issues. But uh, she's very confident that this is the year that they're going to arrive and really take care of business in D2. So uh, we anticipate the Wolves to do well. Uh, Their uh, schedule is favorable. Uh, The challenges are, I'm assuming they're going to be bigger because everybody's probably going to be eyeing them as well, because last year they ran the table. They were the one team that everybody was eyeing, so I'm pretty sure Tri-State's listening, Baltimore's listening, Maine's listening, even the Knockout's listening. So it's just a matter of how how efficient are they going to be. Are they going to run the table, or are they going to get whacked? And uh, the season, so interesting to see how that's going to happen. Uh, Okay, guys, don't forget uh, to subscribe on our podcast on any of your favorite platforms. Give us a cool five-star review. If you like the content that we provide for you, the insights plus the news every week plus in inter- interviews like this interesting interviews with the top athletes in both of the top two leagues in the united states and um, international uh, uh interviews as well on occasion so the best podcast the standard podcast covering women's american football xfl nfl it is us so you can subscribe on apple iheart sprecher um, every google cast any platform that you desire just to try to leave us a five-star review. It gives us really good boost on the algorithm uh, so that we can bring more attention to women's tackle football uh, and both and the top two leagues in the world. So uh, don't forget to subscribe and also leave us a great a five-star review. So let's go into the uh, second huddle. Sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can get 25% off today off the uh, cool not-a-boys game line that we just introduced uh, this week. So check it out, Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Go check out Cassie Cubis on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere else, at No Joke Football on Facebook, at No Joke Football on IG. Going to the second huddle, and we're going to be talking to the veteran, uh, Esther Delgado of the TBS River City Warriors uh, right now. Esther, how's it going?
3: Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing
1: great. Uh, I'm having some fun. I'm trying to, like, not get I was trying not to get a quarterback into a drill mode. She's like, oh, Danielle says, oh, you got me off that drill, but now i got to go back. Now they're going to drill even more. So you know how that goes.
3: Yeah, I totally heard that.
1: <laughs> so she was kind of leery, right, to go back. She might. She wanted to stay on yeah. for the interview longer, I but... guess.
3: It happens.
1: <laughs> so how are we doing, uh, Esther? I don't think I've talked to you in, what, two years? I think we talked in two years, right?
3: But you were in yeah, I think in SF- a while. SFFL, it's been a oh, right. Time. Yeah, the Sugar and Spice Football League. And, and then you went to
1: uh a, you went to Laredo, right? You were playing in Laredo for a while,
3: the Warhawks? <laughs> uh, uh, if I'm correct. Yes, I've been from Laredo, so that's where I got my start with the Laredo Roses in the SSFL. Wow. And mm-hmm. that was like the first ever women's full contact football in the whole city, like it was brand new. It was it was so much fun, and at the same time, like people were surprised that like women could play tackle football. So I I enjoyed my three seasons with them, and then I went on to the Laredo Fantasy with the UWF, and I I believe I I was only there for one year, one season, and then I went on to the Laredo Warhawks for one season with the IWFA. And then I made the move to Corpus Christi, Texas, where I played with the Divas, and then I played with the Coastal Bend Legion, and that is where um, I started playing for Texas Valley Sports, TBS, and last year, we went undefeated to win the championship. And then now, now I find uh, myself Esther's in... Nice kind of- photo
1: shoot right there, the orange and purple photo shoot. Yes. That's pretty cool, often photo shoot. Let's, uh, I applaud uh, the photographer for doing that great shoot. You look amazing in that shoot.
3: You did an awesome job. Um, now I find myself in San Antonio with the River City Warriors.
1: So you're up and down this Texas swing. I
3: mean, these leagues,
1: <laughs> These leagues. Uh, we thought for sure S SS- S F L was going to like you know blossom into something different, right? Then for sure we thought, yeah. you know, the UW. You know, I mean, every everybody, everybody I've talked to over in Texas in in the in the uh, expand that you're talking about, they were they were always anticipating this huge stretch, right? This longevity thing, and it's never matured, which is kind of disappointing in a lot of ways. But
3: yes, totally. Um, I I really enjoyed my time with the SSSO. I thought they were going to be around for a long time, but I mean. I'm not sure what's happening over here, but yeah, I've been in and out of different leagues and it's usually the same, the same people just trying to, we just want to play.
1: Yeah, no, in, in Texas Valley, the last two years has been a little bit more structured because of their men's side, right? They, they run a men's side. So it makes it a little bit more structured oh. in terms of for the women's yeah. side too.
3: Yes, um, Jose over at Texas Valley Sports has a lot of uh, things going aside from just football. He has, um, like, volleyball, and he has other sports and other things that he's working on. So I I really like this league. It's very well structured. And I think the the reality is
1: some of the teams that you're talking about from the previous league, some of them did come over, right, and migrated into TVS.
3: Yes, um, a lot of them did come over, some of them with their original names. some of them, um, same coaching staff, same players, maybe just a different team name, but yes.
1: So are you still playing linebacker? Uh, I know you're, you're obviously a crusher, you know, on defense, so are you still playing the linebacker role?
3: Yes, I am still playing linebacker. The good good Lord has allowed me to disrupt offenses for the past 11 seasons. It's been great.
1: Yeah, and if people don't know, uh, Esther has been like legendary Texas type of individual because like like I've I've followed you, like I said, from the early days of the SSFL to now, and you have grown uh, big time as a player and and an actual threat along the way. So uh, in the different formats, right? Um, so you've, you've played in that sense. Are you going to jump to the WNFC? I mean, I think it's time that we see Esther Delgado in the limelight.
3: <laughs> that that would be so awesome. But I think that I probably run my course. I've played for a really long time and my body is starting to catch up, like starting to feel everything. So um, this might be my final run.
1: So this is it. This is going to be the last interview that I, I that we do with you. This is going to be great. I didn't even I didn't even know this.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, I've, I mean I've been saying that it's going to be my last season for the past like six seasons, but I think like that it's time already. It's going to be time to hang up those cleats soon and let a new um, generation take over.
1: Esther, how are you keeping conditioning? Do you have your own regiment? Is that like uh, your training regimen? You got discipline on your training regimen. I mean, to stay healthy for six seasons, even seven seasons, some 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 players obviously go, go have a go-to regimen. You know, I me, mean? CrossFit or they'll do uh, cardio. They they'll do something. So, h- how you stay conditioned?
3: Um, yes, definitely. I have a routine. Um, I get up at 5 a.m. I work out Monday through. Thursday, I do weights. I get a little bit of hit cardio in between. Um, I teach a little bit of hit and weights to some of the teachers that I work with, and um, that's how I just stay in shape.
1: So you have a, a little bit of a more of a of a balanced routine where you're you're actually caring for your body because you know the bruises are big, right, uh, from the weekends, just trying to recover and all that. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, I have like a whole routine. So Friday, I will carb up the day before a game. I'll go to my chiropractor. Um, I'll do massages. I'll do like a Epsom salt bath. Like just getting my mind ready, my my body ready to go into battle on the gridiron. And that's been my routine for like as long as I've been playing. I just adapted it and it works. So I just I'm sticking with it.
1: No ice baths for you or a cry- a creole, uh, like the creole stuff where people go into like
3: I've, I've re- done re- the, 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 yeah, I've done it, and I'm just not a big fan of the cold and no. I mean I think I've only done a, like the cryo spark thing um about two times, and I've probably done like three ice baths my whole see, my whole career. <laughs> I do not like the cold. Yeah, and it's really
1: not for everybody, I don't think, in general, uh, because you know, uh, it just everybody's different. You know, how to how to have different t- types of techniques, um, and you got so much stuff out there. You got K tape, right, for to put on on game day too, and kind of minimize some of the soreness and stuff like that that happens on the game day. So, um, Esther, tell us a little bit about the, the season. River River City Warriors were kicked off, I think, against Alamo, right, and that was a pretty close game. Then you guys went up against uh Tech the Wolf pack, and that was a somewhat somewhat of a blowout and then uh the Brownsville sting that was somewhat of a close game as well and then uh Alamo again. so is Alamo your rival at this point? <laughs>
3: uh, I don't think so. I think the only team that we um are looking forward to beating is the team that's right behind us, which is the brownsville sting and they're they're a pretty good team. Um, I played them last year in the championship, um, when I played for Legion and they're back for more and the Warriors, I, I love this team. They're mixed up of vets, rookies, some vets have multiple championships under their belts. Like, um, a lot of the rookies are just like eager to learn from vets. And I just like the way that we all come together and that, that has helped us. Uh, we won the past two games, I believe, three games, two games. And it was three games. And then this past one was the Silverbacks, and that one was just not a good game overall for us. But we have – we're playing the Wolfpack coming up next again, and then after that we have the Sting, and that concludes our season. And then we go on into playoffs.
1: So the the, the rival basically is more more uh, Brownsville, like you said, because of the history that you guys had with the Legion, playing on the Legion too as well?
3: Yes, I believe so. It's a little more intense because we both know what is at stake and we're hungry for that mm-hmm. championship. Um, most of the players – well, I, there's a, a few players from the Legion that came over to the Warriors, so we want that championship just as bad. And uh, as well as the rest of my teammates, especially like the new girls, like we we want everybody to succeed. We want everyone to get this ring, and it's it's been a good season. I like it.
1: Offensively, are you the captain? Assigned captain? More than one captain on the on the defensive side of the ball at this point?
3: Um, I wouldn't say captain, but I. I do like to take on that leadership role, and I believe that I am probably one of the most experienced because of how long I've been playing. But my other linebacker, London, she's just as experienced. She's got a few championships. Like, we work really well together, and I I just love this defense. They're not afraid to hit. Like, we go all out.
1: I think the the scoreboard really dictates that because you you held uh, Wolfpack to 12, uh Brownsville to thirteen uh the most points was basically from Alamo, and even then this time around you guys held uh i think it was held till like nineteen points so that's that's pretty consistent yeah yeah the
3: the first game um with uh Alamo silverbacks was um just getting the kinks out because that was the first time that we come together like to play an actual game and how I mentioned we had new girls who had never played football before and they stepped it up and they showed out and I'm so proud of them. And, um, once we got the motor running, like we, th- there's no stopping, like we're still going.
1: So you were h- kind of happy at the outcome, even though it was a, even uh, was a close game.
3: You know what? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it was a close game, there was a lot of things going on at that game. But I mean, overall we we played to the best of our ability with the few people we had and we just we came up short but I mean we're 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 going to that championship.
1: Now, um a lot of the highlights, uh they do pretty good job with the TDS does a pretty good job with the highlights, which I really enjoy. Uh, you know, the just the highlights themselves. You can't watch the games or whatever, but I mean, shout out to them for doing really good highlights and, and key players and spotlighting a couple of key players from all the teams pretty much. So that's a uh, pretty cool. So if you guys want to see Esther in action, there are a couple of highlights on the uh, Texas Valley sports, uh, sites on, uh, I believe it's on Facebook as well. Um, river city should at this point, I mean, uh, Wolfpack and Brownsville. So you got two more wins to go and you pretty much secure your, your playoff berth. And then, uh, I guess is it is the games is the championship being played at a certain location or is it played at, just at the home team or how does that work?
3: I believe that it is um, played at um, the number one the number one team's home. Oh, number one team. Okay. All right.
1: Uh, is it traveling for you to uh, you said San Antonio now Loreto to San Antonio just like
3: during the um, week? I I live. I live in Corpus now, but, yeah, we do, like, during the off-season, um, I would travel to San Antonio on the weekends to have, um, like, a joint practice with, with the other Corpus girls from Legion. We would um, carpool. And we would go over and have our practices during the off-season. And then during the week, the team practices, and whoever can go from Corpus during the week will go. But we do have we, – we meet every Monday on Zoom. Like, we go over plays, we go over film, we go over team stuff. And I really like that, especially for, like, some of us are not based in San Antonio.
1: And I think COVID kind of forced that on everybody. And study time on conferencing just makes more sense, you know, especially for coaches, too, because they're on the go and stuff. And unless you need to do, like, real physical practices, right? like if you're deficient in one in one situation then it it literally forces you to go to those drills instead of you know what I mean just a normal clinic type mentality but uh I mean the studying the playbook and everything that also is more helpful especially when you have it available that way
3: yes definitely um our coach coach Benson he um will put he'll put up the plays and he has like them they're all animated like all the positions will move to where they should be like it's it's really helpful
1: yeah especially on defense cuz uh that's usually you know uh, in anticipation right of what the offense will do so understanding what the offense is is going to run really uh, allows you th- that freedom right to contain
3: yes definitely and we're able to see different formations and different scenarios um, especially for us that we can't be at the practices all the time. But, I mean, that provides us, like, with a vis- visualization to see what we're going to run, how we're going to run, who's going to be where.
1: You have 88 on your helmet. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means and what what's behind that?
3: Um, yes. So 88 was um, a teammate of mine that played with me on the Laredo Fantasy. Her name, Melissa Ramirez. She passed away in a tragic accident on game day, and that is um, the 88 that I carry. And I just try to take her with me on game days.
1: And that was a tragedy in itself because, you know, uh, things like that just happen, you know what I mean? And it's it's just, especially uh, when you have uh, good individuals right? Good relationships yes, with those. Definitely. And it's kind of heartbreaking to to realize that that's how uh, somebody's life will end, right? Instantly and just sad that happens that way sometimes.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And then, I mean, we create these bonds with um, these ladies that we see almost every day. We see every weekend. Like, we go into battle with each other, like for each other. We have each other's backs. Like, it, it just i mean it's it's horrible when you lose somebody, especially in a tragic way and when they were so young yeah,
1: especially so young um esther uh, what do you what do you say about the growth uh, that's happening you know I mean worldwide I mean we cover the sport worldwide on our page, but the growth right you got uh, fan fan excitement for flag you saw it at the world games, you saw it at the NFL Super Bowl um you know you got flag basically almost everywhere you see a condi- for conditioning. And then now you've got scholarships to go to to go to college, right, which probably you never had that opportunity until now. Mm-hmm. Right? It would have been nice to have that, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And then you were able to, you know, kind of yeah. jump into the, into the big college realm. But wh- wh- where do you see the game? You're going to be moving on from the game? Do uh, you see the game, you know, improving at this point in terms of the tackle side too? Or or is flag going to really take over as it, as it looks
3: like right now? Um, I feel like it could go anywhere right now because both of like tackle football and flag football are growing tremendously. And it's not just in Texas. Like you said, it's nationwide. And I've been, I i don't know if it's the algorithm, but I've been seeing a lot more of like women's leagues and women's teams popping up tackle football in Mexico as well. And I, I really like that. Like women, women's Football has been taking off since I started playing because I remember when I started playing back in twenty twelve um aside from the Sugar and Spice Football League, I remember the l f l was just taking off
1: that's a long time ago. you're talking about infancy right two thousand
3: nine two
1: thousand twelve um but yes. yeah no, it's, it's, it was it was but it's a, it was a brand new game. Right to you, it's like a, yes, it was a brand new game. It wasn't, it wasn't like full tackle. New. It wasn't full tackle, yeah, but it was it like was. shock introduction to inter, an introduction to the sport at a, kind of like a a WWE mentality, right? Just bringing front and center. Oh wow, girls can hit, right? Girls can smash and that kind of uh, you know shock uh, value in terms of like you know uh, social media, in other words.
3: Yes, definitely, and then just to see the way that it has grown now is amazing because um, women playing football, like, that was unheard of, and now it's, like, the new norm. Like, little girls want to grow up and be a football star, you know, and now it's possible for them. Like you said, they're even getting scholarships for a flag or, like, other other things football-related, and I I love that for them.
1: Now, I'm, I'm anticipating you won't go there, but 2025, from what I hear, there will be an actual pro league, kind of like an NFL pro league, but it's a flag league with about eight franchises. and One of those is going to be in Dallas, and it's going to be like 60 k to get paid for, I think, 12-week wow. season. So, yeah, if you want to just uh, come off retirement for 60 k
3: right for 12 weeks just tri-
1: something train to consider, for i consider a
3: couple years and then just pop
1: up right i mean I'm, i don't think it's supplementing your teacher's salary but hey for 12 weeks 60k <laughs> that wouldn't be too bad right
3: yeah that wouldn't be bad at all probably just just keep training in silence and then just show up
1: well i know a lot of the players because uh they, some somebody uh a couple of people sent me that information, right? And it was said, okay, it's going to be a men's and women's league, and they're going to have actual franchises just like you do in any other sport. But it's going to be investor-driven. and But there's going to be – I believe there's going to be a team in uh, either Dallas and Houston uh, for sure, That what I was told. So, And it's going to be kind of like um, the same – I think it's – I, uh, I want to say eight-on-eight, eight, uh, kind of like flag-style eight-on-eight. So it's not that game's pretty fast-paced, so it's something of of intriguing, like you said, with the LFL type mentality. But you know, to get paid 60k to play for 12 weeks, uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good paycheck.
3: That's actually amazing. That's really good.
1: Yeah. So I hopefully uh, Esther Delgado will show up, and everybody's like, who's this person, <laughs> right? It's like everybody's gonna, not so going to know on. who you are until you tell your story, right? they're like, oh, she, right. she's been playing for so many years. Uh, the hidden stories are always amazing, right? Because people anticipate, oh, they they, they probably play basketball, volleyball, right? But when they actually kind of find out that you've played football for, you know, what, 10 years, five, 10 years, people are kind of like, what? <laughs> you played football?
3: Yeah. And that's funny because that's um, the only team sport I've ever played. I mean, aside from tracking cross country in high school, that's really, this is really like, the biggest sport I've ever played.
1: <laughs> well, you've been doing a good job. Uh, we've been following you uh, on on your journey like uh, uh, since back in the day, if you want to call it that, back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been following you yeah. back in the day. And then so now, you know, we're anticipating, I guess, this will be the last ride. Is that what you're telling us here on the podcast?
3: Yes, this is the last ride.
1: All right. Well, hopefully your last ride will be hoist, hoisting the trophy and then uh, going into your, uh, you know, departure, uh, are you anticipating staying in coaching, doing some coaching, or are you going to completely just detach yourself from that?
3: I would love to coach. I would love to pass on my knowledge to other women who want to play. I'd probably still be around, like, the football scene.
1: So you're anticipating that? Because a lot of the players do that. You know, they either go coach flag. Or they're gonna go coach, you know, tackle. You know, right? Contribute some of that, give yeah. give back or whatever. So Um, all right, Esther, um when I when I messaged you I was like, oh, I'm I'm pretty sure she's gonna be busy and all that, but very accommodating, always entertaining. I uh, like to have a nice conversation. It's kinda of like being at the bar. But it's been 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 entertaining. Hopefully it's been good for you too. Uh but uh, anticipating a championship victory at the end here for the River City Warriors. And then a departure, which is, we're sad to see you go, but you got your, like you said, you got your reasons for it and you want to upkeep your body obviously as well. And so, but uh, it's been a exciting, uh, you know, to cover you and to watch you and to go from, you know, the early days now to this, this run that you guys are going to be in here for this season. So uh, I really appreciate you making the time.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for following me. I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah, I just want to say thank
1: you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to the last two weeks for the uh, River City Warriors. So you get the Wolfpack, right, coming up here uh, April 1st, right? And then you get April 5th. Yes. You end up the season in Brownsville. So uh, go get them. As they said, car crash, right? It's a linebacker's uh, joy.
3: <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you so much.
1: Have a great night, okay? We'll be in touch.
3: Thank you, you too. Great talking to you. Bye.
1: <laughs> Bye. All right. And then uh, we have Mark Simone coming in the house. So uh, anticipating. Mark, are you, are you hanging him
0: up too, like uh, Esther Delgado here at some point? Well, that would be a shocker, right? I don't know <laughs> if I can give it up. But luckily I don't have to put my body on the line. So I can didn't just like kind the of the keep doing this forever. She didn't like ice baths, Mark. Just not a, not a fan. Uh, yeah, It sounds awful to me, you know. The only ice bath I like is, you know, drop the ice in my cream soda. That's the only kind of <laughs> ice bath I'm interested the in. Flavors,
1: the flavor type <laughs> that's going to give it a little cool.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No, but, you know, it, it's true, right? Uh, she, she has a point, right? It's like, you know, five, six, seven years later, it's no matter how much conditioning you do, at some point your body
0: is breaking down. So it's kind of like reality, right? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, everybody's got to face it. Every athlete has to, you know, face it. Either they change the level of their competition, right? Um, but you know, they don't really have master's level football games, right, for, you know, when your hair is turning gray like they do for golf and uh, you know cross country skiing and other s- sorts of things uh road races um, you can all, once you 're you know if you 're an athlete you can be an athlete your entire life and you know she may not you know play football she wants to best knowledge on but if she wants to stay active, there are you know plenty of other opportunities out there thankfully um, uh, she'll she'll definitely find uh a path to her liking, I'm sure.
1: And I think, uh, you know, she's had a long, long career, very successful. She's won a couple championships, like she said, along the way with various teams in the Texas swing there. So I wanted to bring her on because she's an impactful player on the River City Warriors. And uh, we, we were talking about uh, Texas Valley sports, you know, on our podcast for uh, a couple of shows now. So uh, I know people, if you go to the Hub, you're familiar with uh, the week-to-week action. That's happening uh, with the Al- uh, Alamo Silverbacks, the Wolfpack, the Browns thing, Brownsville Sting, and herself, River City Warriors. So check it out right there, TVS, uh, Texas Valley Sports, and we're covering that. Uh, Mark, the the excitement for flag and all this, all this stuff's just popping up. I, I can't even keep up with it anymore. I, I got people sending me all this stuff. Oh, I got these national tournaments. And I'm like, so it's like uh, this, this, uh, this flag world is just a,
0: a swirl, you know what I mean? yeah it's really exploding, and you know i mean I remember making a joke i i think last season to you that you know if you wanted to start covering flag, you'd have to add on another two hours and it's you know it was kind of joking at the time, but really it's it's true I mean you could easily devote two hours to talking about flag football there's so many programs now on so many levels and it's just growing and expanding at uh, a phenomenal pace.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if I can do that.
0: Just like I said before,
1: <laughs> right? That was I, I believe that I was the your
0: response the first time. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know if I can do that. It's just uh, that's overwhelming. Uh, and I shout out to the, you know the flag leagues that are giving everybody the opportunity. Uh, they're obviously uh, breeding some players, obviously for the tackle side too, right? So it's, it's nice to have that, uh, at those avenues. Also, it's for uh, recruiting purposes. And then now, uh, you know, Tony Fuller doing really great in the NAIA. So shout out to Tony Fuller and, out there, and uh, she's doing really great. So if you, you want to follow her at Tony Fuller on Facebook and on, also on IG, uh, she's doing really good in the college scene there. Um, so, you know, shout out to Tony Fuller and her team. And then uh, you, the Sour Sisters, too doing their thing out there as well with the Braves. So there, there's a lot of WFA um, uh, veterans and legends now migrating into the flag scene in terms of the college scene, which is really exciting.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, there are so many experienced uh, players and former players in, in the leagues we we cover um, who came up, you know, originally playing flag, right, before they got involved in tackle. So, um there there's a wealth of knowledge there and it's it's just beginning to be tapped um so it's really a very exciting time um especially for you know women in in flag it's uh it's just very exciting
1: all right so guys if you guys missed anything right uh mark you go to the hub so aussies are invading denver to the hub kansas city uh, there's a bunch of Aussies just invading the WNFC, completely, and on top of the uh, imports from Mexico, in uh, in the rebellion as well. So, and a couple of Brazilians, if I'm correct, there's like one or two Brazilians as well. So, uh, just a, a bunch of international stars, and we'll get to see them here. Uh, the big news, Mark, was W Score. Uh, it's under a paywall now. Uh, I don't think anybody was surprised that we were going to go that route. Uh, kind of disappointing because uh, we talked to Elizabeth Jenkins uh, on uh, our last podcast, 439, so you can go back and review that if you want and uh, give us a cool five-star review. But uh, Elizabeth did, did note there that the Vire relationship did somewhat collapse because of Vire didn't getting uh, some grant money. So now they had a shift late. Uh, they still had Score58 network to work with, which is what they're going to work with. And obviously, it's not too bad of a deal. It's 10 bucks a month plus 40, uh, $40 a year. So pretty good deal, actually. Not, 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 they're not going to break your bank, basically.
0: No, definitely not. And the value you get for for that small payment, I think, is, you know, phenomenal. I think it's you're going to get a lot of entertainment. I mean, I you know, we'll see when it comes time to um, have the championship game if um, there's going to be a premium for that. But, um, you know, you get a full season of football, plus all the other content that the league uh, produces with their uh, TV show and oh, who knows what else they, they might produce. So it's it's a very good deal. Um, and as you say, not going to break the bank. So, you know, support women's football, support women's sports, um, and, you know, sp- support the players and, and the teams and, you know, Plunk your money down, and you will be entertained.
1: So when you go to the paywall mark, you have an option. Uh, so fans know right now, you go to WNFCfootball.com. Uh, you get the link right there is at wscore, but you get the option to support a team, which is pretty cool. So the team gets. Uh, so we're t- basically each individual franchise now is going to be graded on how many fans actually, you know, uh, how many fans they garner, right, based on the paywall which I think is pretty interesting to see which franchise is going to be the, you know, the fan, a fan favorite.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, um, you know, not just that, but it's been confirmed to me that, you know, part of the profit sharing, um, you know, calculation, that's going to be part of it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. if your team brings in more fans to subscribe, you know they'll they'll get more of a cut of the profit sharing off off of the uh, the sales for, um, uh, for the subscription. So, you know that's I mean, that's that's definitely good. Um, we won't, I'm sure they're making sure that everybody gets a cut. Obviously, it's going to be hard for like a new team like the Tennessee Trojans to you know they're not going to have a lot of fans you know because they're a new team. So I, I'm sure there's some sort of profit sharing. Um, agreement um, that uh, provides some equity for all the teams, uh, whether they're new um, or whether they've been around for a while. So uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing football. I, you know, I can't believe it's, it's, it's just days away now.
1: Yeah, I know we're talking a couple of days for the WNFC and then we got what, three weeks for the WFA on the 22nd.
2: And then May, a,
1: uh, Mark, we haven't even talked about May. We, we kind of teased it, but May is going to be full-blown international. you got Canada, Mexico, uh, we're going to have Sweden, Finland, just a, and then on top of that, w, the WNFC, WFA, uh, you know, second month in, right? So uh, for That's us, right. it's going to be a busy summer.
0: Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to it. I've got to, you know, really get all my hyperlinks in order, get all my bookmarks. Going so I can stay on top of all the international action.
1: It's going to be exciting in Finland. Uh, Also, in between that, um, we're going to have the Euro Tourney. That's going to be the Euro Tourney is going to be in in between that time, right? The regular season stuff with the NWFL, but we're also going to have the Euro, uh, the Euro Tournament in in there as well. And then also on top of that, um, we have the tournament in uh, Australia, the state of origin a three-game matchup that
0: was introduced. Yeah, that's great. What a a way to kick off um, new season of football down under. You know what? If
1: people don't know what's going down, um, they can just go to the Hub because literally every week uh, we do our best to kind of spotlight and bring attention to everything that's happening in the sport. And um, I think the best one that you can spotlight is uh, we posted up a uh, gallery, Mark, of what we do and what we're capable of doing and how we're going to do more of it, but I mean, if you look at the gallery, right? You got you got uh, Allison Cahill, Bushman, right? You got the Valkyries mm-hmm. of the WTSO, the Mayas of of down south of LaFayette. You got the Birmingham Lions in UK, right? You got Karlstad over in up, I believe, in Sweden, um, and you got you know in Finland as well. Uh, so just a bunch of champions. So if you didn't even realize that women's tackle football is huge, uh you gotta just open your eyes right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's getting hard to ignore. So you know what? Just get yourself to the hub. You know, get yourself educated, you know. Keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in women's football um because you know, it's it's exciting and it's and uh the hub is where you get all the news. Now we're going to
1: go into, Mark, also I forgot to mention Germany. Germany will kick off also as well, I believe, in May. So we're going to be, like, all over Europe. The Europe scene is going to be huge starting in May through, I think, July. Then we're going to be in the States, right, uh, with WFA, uh, WNFC. Uh, then you got WWCFL, CCWFL, Maritime, Lexfa, LaFi, WFL down south because we got no X-League this season until next season. Um, And then we also have uh, Gridiron West at some point in the fall. Gridiron, uh, the State of Origin matchup. I mean, uh, these are all my notes, Mark, that I'm just rounding off. (laughs) Just a lot of notes. It's like almost a full notepad of just notes of of what's happening around the the sport. Uh, Not including the minor leagues that are in the States, you know, the US US WFL and the WTFL
0: that we normally don't mention as often. But there's just a, a yep. bunch of stuff that's happening. We have our work cut out for us, and yeah, we're going to have a very busy year. It's exciting. Yeah, that's the reason we went on hiatus, right? Because we were so exhausted, we
1: needed just to take the yeah. whole six months off. To
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, rest up, to gather our energy, yeah. gather our strength. We're not doing the
1: Creole people. We're not going in the. We're not doing the ice bath. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> it's not our thing. <laughs> we don't recover that way.
0: <laughs> no, that doesn't we'll, we'll work do something us. different.
1: We'll do something different di- we'll do we'll do a slurpee. Like uh Brian uh, Brian Sweeney. Oh yeah, you know we'll maybe he's
0: on to something with those slurpees. You know, maybe he's, no. he's, he's got that secret right out front. He's like just pretending, Oh, I just like slurpees but little did we know. It's like the elixir of 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 life. Oh, yeah,
1: Slurpees. Who doesn't like a Slurpee? I mean, he's all—he's a big fan. He takes it everywhere. <laughs> he just goes on a Slurpee everywhere. And I guess they don't sell – there's no 7 in Minnesota from
0: what I'm told from him. So <laughs> it's kind of weird. Oh, ah, I see. That makes sense. You know, <laughs> so from, if road, it's a rare treat.
1: Yeah, he goes on the road goes, and it's like, oh, my God, he goes to Disneyland, and there's like 7-Elevens at every corner in California. So <laughs> he's living in heaven. <laughs> and then Disneyland right <laughs> next
0: Well that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I couldn't imagine like like here in the northeast there's Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. And you know, if if I didn't have Dunkin' Donuts where I lived, like I would definitely like make it a point to go to the Dunkin' Donuts if if I was visiting a place like you know, that had it. But no problem with here. Turn around you run right into a Dunkin' Donuts. Less than a quarter of a mile, I'm sure. Uh, any direction. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's uh,
1: odd here. You have uh, Winchell's, which is probably the equivalent It's called Winchell's, basically the equivalent out here in California of a Dunkin' Donut, uh. but probably not as good. Probably not as good. Um, Mark, let's, let's f- finalize here. LNFA feminina uh, week five, week six season's about to end here. Uh, you know, some of the top teams pretty much, we already know who's going to be involved you know, I mean, it's just it's a no-brainer. Who's going to be at the end? Uh, the demons, De La Rosa demons, and I believe the uh, the Barbera rookies once again, pretty much at the top of the at the top of the standings.
0: Uh, you know what? Uh, in the in the last week, uh, there was a shocker. However, I will tell you that the the undefeated Barbera rookies actually dropped a game against the Valencia Firebats.
2: So don't. Do both tell. of those teams are now
0: five and one. They're both five and one. They're both going into the playoffs. So uh, rookies did not, you know, get eliminated from the playoffs. That would have been totally shocking. But man, you know, now the picture as to who might advance to the championship is, you know, kind of up in the air. Um, clearly the six and L black demons are uh, by far, they're the, the clear favorite. All right. They, over the course of the season, they've outscored their opponents by over 300 points. And the next closest is only like 160, 170 points. So the Black Demons are definitely the the most dominant team in the league. Um, but it it might be a more interesting story as to who will face them in in the finals. And uh, shout out to Granada. They've improved the last two seasons,
1: the Val- Valkyria's they've done a really good job with that program. They've actually stepped it up, you know? So it's a very they impressive. Did, yeah. Um, they
0: season, yeah. Finished 3-3, three and three, 500. Uh, I think they just missed the playoff picture. Um, I, I think the Rivas Bears uh, just kind of, like, squeaked by them on a tiebreaker. They um, had the same record, and I think it was, like, point differential made the difference. It was only, like, five. Like, it, it wasn't that much. So, um, you know, good job uh, from the Valkyries, the Grenada Valkyries. They, they definitely had a, um, a strong season this year. They've gotten competitive.
1: So it's going to be really cool to cover uh, the season finish there in uh, Spain. And then we're going to dive into the NWFL. We're going to dive into, uh, like I said, Germany, Finland, Sweden, Czech Republic, uh, Austria, so there's a couple spots that we've got to dive into. Uh, in May, it's going to be really big, like I said, North America with Canada and Mexico. And then uh, pretty much everything happening in the sport is going to be really, really big month. May is a big month. Uh, between May and June and July, it's uh, it gets uh, pretty heated in all the, in all the areas and all the teams and pretty much all the leagues. So we're going to be on top of it at the Hub. The best network on the planet exists right there. So go right there. We're almost at 10,000 strong, guys. So uh, I think we're at 9.920 or something. We need 80 new followers. So if you can invite your friends, you can throw us over at 10K on Facebook. So that would be a great achievement for the year. Maybe in May, we'll hit 10K in May when it's really hot and no. we're covering everything that's going on. So 80, 80 people away from 10K. Yeah, would so be it's fantastic. Not, not too bad. Uh, Mark, in, in Canada... Uh, they're going to have the U18 national championships, and it's going to feature the first Indigenous team, which is pretty cool. Uh, football Canada working its magic with the under-18 uh, national team. That's the team that obviously they they you know they take from for the uh, international IFAB team, including the Manitoba uh, you know girls' football association as well.
0: Well, that's exciting.
1: So it's a really good move for them. Uh, last year was a really good tournament for the under-18. Uh, you can go to Football Canada and you can get the lowdown right there for the 2023 Women's Under-18 National Championship, which will feature the first indigenous team in Canada. Uh, there's a lot of firsts that happen. Uh, but your renegades are front and center, Mark. Uh, this, this, they're doing a good job on TikTok, like I said before, and they're all front and center. So, uh, you know, the, this is this is the year... That exposure has to happen, and I think, uh, you know, the WFA Pro has to start, uh, I think, imitating this team with all the teams. I think all the teams need to kind of step up their game on social media, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, the success of the team over the last few years has has translated into um, the team making, you know, making changes to try and ensure Um, not just future success for the team, but also for the WFA and, um, you know, and just stepping up their efforts, you know, expanding, um, social media efforts, um, sponsorships have, have gotten bigger and, um, sort of, how do I want to say it? Say more complex, more nuanced, I think, um, which uh, I I feel like Boston is sort of like conducting their business in a way uh, that other teams uh, in the WFA can emulate. And, you know, and Boston's leadership is working with, you know, uh, the leadership of of other teams. It's it's not like they're hoarding that information on what they're doing. So they um, are definitely sharing that information. You know, I think the addition of uh, Jess Dodge as the CEO of WFA Pro has sort of helped uh, information sharing and just the organization of the owners in the league and, you know, giving them, you know, the direction um, that, uh, you know, has maybe they haven't had um, in, the, in the past. I just try to get everybody rowing in the same direction. And understanding what the destination is, so and I, I think what you're seeing from Boston is, you know, an example of, of of that.
1: Because it takes a it takes a collaboration mentality that we have talked about here in a long time, right? For a long time, we talked about it, right? Uh, take take the, take away the recreational model, and you go to a business model, and you're really forced, right, to really step yep. up a business mode, and you got to treat the you got to treat that the franchise as a business. And it's got to generate funds in order for you to be sustained as a business because it's not a hobby. If you treat it as a hobby, then, you know, go to the YMCA, right? Just the reality of that. Go to the YMCA if you're going to treat it as a hobby, right? But if you're going to treat it as a real business and really branch it out, like you said, there's got to be a lot of laboring, right, in terms of business, relationships, networking. yeah, Yeah,
2: there's
0: a huge difference in philosophy, you know? And you can take it in different directions. And you know, that's why there are, you know, three tiers in the WFA, because, you know, uh, some teams, you know, have a more of a recreational model, more of an amateur um, kind of model to their programs. And, you know, most of them are, are in Division Three, And, um, you know, as competitiveness builds, you know, your outlook kind of has to change a little bit. I think if you're, if you're going to compete at the highest level, you have to like take a more professional approach, um, you know, in every aspect of the game. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with, with, you know, coaches and the way you conduct practice and team activities. And, um, you know, it, it, that's a, that's a major difference. And that takes, that takes a lot of support, um, from, you know, sponsors and fans and um, the people running the show, they, they put in a lot of time. I mean, you, know, you can't understate the amount of time that, you know, everybody puts into it from, you know, from the owner down, you know, down to the players and the volunteers. It's like everybody has to be on board to, to really make it work and, and make a professional product. And it, it doesn't matter what, you know, what league you're in. It, that, that's the same, you know, in the NFL you know, NFL team can say that it takes everybody um, and everybody has to, to put in a lot. So um, I think that's what the culture they're, they're trying to build in WFA pro. Um, And it's just kind of starting, right? This is uh, Dodge's first year as a CEO. Um, But you know, this change has kind of been building over the, Last few years, um, since the WFA established three tiers, um, you know, and that was in 2016. So, um, actually, incorporating WFA Pro as a as a business uh, in and of itself is just like kind of a natural progression, and and so so that's what's happened this year, and um, this is you know what they're going to sort of build their brand on. It's like the cornerstone of the WFA pro brand.
1: And I, it's a necessary thing that needs to happen.
0: Uh, and it's, it's
1: good that, you know, you put somebody at the helm and you mentioned it before, right? It actually has the expertise to ride a business model where in the past, you know, the, the league owners
0: maybe weren't as to doing that, right? Overwhelming with three. Tiers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dodge definitely brings like a business savvy. She's very experienced, um, you know, in, in specifically, like, sports, like, marketing, um, um, and just, like, marketing and sponsorships and relationships between businesses in sports franchises. Just got, like, tons of experience in that before arriving at the, the WFA. So um, so that's the kind of expertise, I think, that the league has, has not had before. And, I mean, it's 10 years later. And so now it's, you know,
1: really it's, it's just a, you already have a, you already have a branding. It's just a matter of getting that brand now to visibility. Right. And then the core teams within, within structure, because now you can, now you sit at the table, Mark, and you can actually say, right. A, B and C franchise has been around for what, 12 years, 14 years. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the stable where in other sports, you don't have that where you've got the one or two year and everybody's like, we're not investing in that. Right. But you got to, you got a franchise that's been invested for 11, 12 years. Now they're like,
0: okay, yeah, you know, I think we need to
1: take a second look. Right.
0: I mean, I, I think that's helped tremendously, um, you know, to be able to have to, to show a franchise, you know, a model franchise and say, you know, this is, this is what we want for our whole league, you know, and we, you know, we, we want your help to, um, to make it happen. And Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I mean, women's sports has grown in visibility um, over the last uh, over the last decade, Um, and it's 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 now on the radar of you know marketing professionals as a you know a viable place to spend their marketing capital uh, and advertising capital. So, um, you know, that certainly has an impact and and that's partially you know one of the reasons why Dodge wanted to take this position um because that growth's been happening, and she she's been a part of that um in the corporate world, and I was bringing her um expertise to the WFA. think know I think it's going to be well
1: well done for her because like you said she she brings the experience which is key,
0: yep. And, you know, I, I think working with television with the uh, Women's Sports Network mm-hmm. is, um, you know, that's that's a big thing. That's going to be a big thing, uh, hopefully a turning point for the De Ruffay, uh to get more eyes on it and to reach new audiences, um, including sponsors that um, might want to um, have partnerships with with the league and its teams. And it's already happening. It's already happening. So, um, it's it's uh, it's a time of positivity, I would say, in the WFA.
1: Yeah, no, there's changing.
0: There's changes happening.
1: Uh, we'll see how you know April 22nd through the eight weeks of the WFA pro season, uh, the clashes and the matches will really dictate you know the brand and the product, and uh, you know in anticipation for some t- some key teams. Uh, to kind of you know rile up the you know the whole scope right, kind of come up with a different aspect. Who's going to be the team that surprises right? We talked about Boston being so strong, but can somebody really surprises and tear down you know take down Boston in season? That would be an exciting thing right in that sense. Um, the other uh, the other teams we can't forget uh, some badass teams up north, and if you guys check it out at the hub, uh, we featured uh, the talented K.C. Uh, McCombs of the Regina Riot. On our reels and our stories, uh, she looks really amazing, number twelve. But uh, the whole uh, Regina Riot team, uh, Mark, uh, nice photo shoot there as well. So uh, all the teams doing really good with, with some photo shoots this year in, on all in all the leagues on the tough leagues, uh, including Saskatoon and uh, Regina.
0: It's true, uh, you know. Um, if you go to the hub, you you'll see that um, there's it's just like a lot of eye candy, lots of great photography. Uh, from teams, there's, there's definitely more of an eye to, towards you know visual promotion, um, and you know when you're on Instagram and TikTok now, um, you know you, you gotta have you gotta have the you know the the, uh, the eye candy. You gotta have the uh, you know, the visual um, Mark, you gotta impact. Mark, you gotta stop the scrollers.
1: You gotta stop the scrollers, right? we gotta, we got to stop the, That's right. the scroller hey, oh, you got to give them
0: something oh. to look at.
1: Yeah, you got something to look at. But it's re- really nicely done. Uh, I think the photo shoots have been really good. Uh, this year, I think more so than any other year, right? Not just in the WNFC oh, or yeah. the WFA, but in general, the international oh, no, the board as well.
0: Absolutely. Um, I, I think maybe, you know, uh, a lot of the teams are, ge- are getting younger help with their social media, um, mm-hmm. you know, folks uh, have grown up really understanding the uh, the medium and um, can quickly produce, you know, high-quality photographs and videos, um, you know, infused with a sense of humor or excitement or whatever, you know, emotions they want to convey in the moment. They've gotten really, really good at it, and a lot of the teams have, have taken a hold of that and, uh, you know, put someone in the position to really – you know, make them, give them visual impact on, on the social media. I think it's more
1: so the era we live in, to your point, this is the era we live in, just just Mm -hmm. the facts, you know, that that has to happen where I think in the past we didn't have those means. Now we have accessibility, right. For those means. so it it makes sense that this is going to be there. Uh, We didn't talk about Liga uh, Monterey, but you guys can get the update right there. Uh, Also, you know, shout out to FIBA sports for doing the live streams of the games. So you can get the lowdown of what's happening over in the Liga Monterrey. Raiders still on top. Uh, You guys can check it out right there. Uh, We get the breakdowns as well every week to week. We got Lexfa coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, Two scrimmages and Lexfa happened this past week. Get the lowdown there. Uh, We talked about Honduras last week. Uh, The big uh, her game day happened this past weekend, which I talked about at the top of the hour with the XFL, uh, XFL recap. Was in Arlington Renegades uh, spotlighting the um, Texas Elite Spartans at at their game, the, the collaboration that we talked to J- uh, Elizabeth Jenkins on on four thirty nine, and so uh, Mark, it's one t- one week away here, and we got WNFC, and uh, we are we have arrived, as they say.
0: Yep, um, and that'll be great. Um, what's the first game that's going to be able to watch. Maybe it's that Philly, Washington game, 6 p.m. I'm trying to plan out my schedule here.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to the uh, to the uh, Houston Denver matchup. It's really what I, I think that's going to be the one where, it whatever happens there, uh, it's it's either going to be very detrimental to Denver, or it's going to be very uh, a big hurdle for Houston. The only other two ways you can look at it, really.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was thinking uh, roughly the same earlier. You know, I'm, you know, I would give the Denver Bandits the edge, you know, simply because um, they can't afford to lose. <laughs> it, it's like no, I mean
1: they don't want you're to repeat Denver, year one. You,
0: yeah, you're kind, you know, you're kind of looking. Well, I'm kind of looking at Denver as, you know, one of one of the teams. You know, above others, that has a shot of, you know, um, getting to the nine cup. Who is not oh, yeah. Dallas? So, um, you know, if if they have aspirations to do that, I would I would think an opening week loss against um, Houston would be would just be a, a terrible way to start the season. That you know, that would be a, a major uh, you know monkey wrench in the in the in the works. So, um, it, but Mark It's kind Houston, of funny to say it was a monkey wrench. If you're Houston, but...
1: you're taking down a playoff team from last year. If you're Houston, oh, yeah. right? you get the win. Mm-hmm. That says a lot about you too. Volume in terms of volume, like the offseason, putting together the squad, and all of a sudden you get uh, the W, right? And if you get the W, you get the chance right in your face for, right. for the big test. So two playoff teams, basically. Yeah, right. You get Denver, and you'll get the champs. So if you're Houston, yep. man,
0: that's a huge accomplishment with, within two weeks. Well, absolutely. I mean, if, if Houston, you know, if Houston walks out with a week one win, I mean, they're an instant contender, right? That's like a huge exclamation point. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that, you know, this is a serious team that has it together. And they're going to be a contender, and you know the next week, then we're going to really see what they're made of. But uh, yeah, this is definitely the highlight game of of the week.
1: I mean, that's the one I'm, I'm I'm circling because not because I have interest in it, with you know because we have Terry here, Terry Lister, and we want him to be successful, right? And take down the te- the Texas Elite Spartans, so we can claim that we have a a co-host that obviously <laughs> was able to take down the juggernaut. And we'll, right. we'll put that as a credit. Uh, no pressure, Terry. No pressure. <laughs> but uh, it should be a, a good matchup. I think that one is the – you were talking about the late game, right? I think that's 7 p.m. Central. Uh, just, let's see here. Eastern, you were talking about the 6 p.m. Eastern, right? Uh, so, Mark, let's, let's run down week one. Uh, we already did Denver and, and Houston. Let's run down week one here. Uh, Philly, sure. not the greatest showing the last two seasons. Prodigy, very impressive last year with their matchups – in their scheduling, right? So if you're yep. Washington, this has got to be. Do you is it? Does it become a statement game? You know, if, if they blow them out, and if you're Philly, you know, you come up with a win by surprise. What does it say about Washington, right? That's literally the 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 two two ways to go about it here. That's
0: right. Um, you know, Philly has been, you know. Um, indicating through their social media that this is going to be a different year. And, um, you know, for Philadelphia, you know, having Washington as their first opponent is, is, you know, a pretty good, um, a pretty good choice to, to have because, you know, if you, if you defeat this, you know, if you defeat that team, then, then yeah, you're back, you're back in it. You're back to where, you know, close to where you started. Uh, and you know that's your way of saying yeah hey we are a different team than we were last year and last year they were awful right there's no getting around it um but as you say i mean another way you could look at it is you know well geez what happened to the washington prodigy you know um so maybe they wouldn't get that much credit for pulling out a win for Washington. Yeah, they they need to just lay the smackdown on Philly and and you know, Washington, we know Washington's mission, right? For two seasons, they have just been edged out of the playoffs and mm-hmm. it, you yep. know, they felt that they belong there. And I've I have felt that they belong there um certainly mm-hmm. 2 years ago. Last year kind of borderline, but you know, they they feel like they they want to get to the playoffs. So they cannot let a team like uh, Philly like come up and just ruin their chances there at the beginning of the season. So um, I definitely think Washington's going to come out strong. You know they have the home field advantage, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be the Prodigy all the way. If they want
1: to make a statement in the East, uh, the Prodigy. This is Week One. Like you said, they got to really get. You know they they do a beatdown. We know offensively they were really yep. good. Defensively, if they get that beat down, now we know they're somewhat of a complete team. It'll be a matter of, you know, how Atlanta looks, right? It'll be a matter of how Florida's going to mm-hmm. look. That kind of deal. But week one, definitely. Uh, so I think the pressure is more – the pressure, I think, more so on Philly, right, because they've got to get a W. They haven't got a W in a long time. So this is, this is big. If they don't get a W here – now we got a question, you know, coaching, leadership, what what the mm-hmm. program's been doing for the last two years, right? And then, do we yeah. even go there? Go into
0: maybe they get ousted of the WNFC? I
1: don't know. You know,
0: that's the question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would I would say that that's that's on the table. You know, this this season, yeah. Philly really does need to show that they belong in the in the league, not just um, you know in a figurative sense, but like. Literally, like to save themselves from getting booted out of the league, um, but um, yeah, I mean Philly. I mean they have to sh- they have to show some life at least, you know. E- even if they lose, uh, you know, even if they get defeated handily, like they got to put some points on the board. They got to show something, right? They showed so little last year; it was um, it was sad.
1: The, uh, the black and green is not scary. Make it scary, Philly. The black and green, not scary. You gotta make it scary. Okay, it's like vipers. You gotta make it scary. Bring, bring your A game mm-hmm. against Washington. I think Washington uh, knows what it's all about. I think Washington knows that they got they want to get to the nine cup, right? So, I think mm-hmm. they're they're for that. Um, let's let's go stay in the East here, Mark. Um, how how Kansas City? Offseason, a lot of good acquisitions. Uh, Kiki Blackman's having a lot of praise in that Missouri area. Florida, under the radar here. We haven't seen much of Florida. That also tells a story there. Last year, Mm -hmm. uh, we had Richardson, Molly Richardson. We interviewed her. She thought she was going to have somewhat of a decent season. It didn't turn out that way. So if you're Florida, you got nothing to lose week one. If you take down Kansas City, that's a huge win.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, like you said, Florida has been kind of like under the radar here in the offseason. season. I haven't heard much about them, you know, um, I haven't heard anything about like big player acquisitions or I have, I personally haven't seen any um, social media posts of team activities or people working out. So it makes you wonder like, you know, is there, is everything okay down there or or are they just lying in wait? Like they're just like putting in their work, not saying nothing to nobody and just trying their, their, you know, hardest to improve and be ready for week one. So I'm, we'll find out, I think they've got their work cut out for them. Um, You know, they weren't much of a match for Kansas city last year. So, um, and, you know, we know Kansas city, you know, they were a playoff team last year, kind of, you know, on the bubble there. But, um, you know, they made the playoffs. We know they've got some, they've got good players. Their defense was good. You know, their offense was pretty good. They're a well-rounded team. So, I you know, certainly give the edge to Can- to Kansas City, especially playing at home. But I am very, very curious to find out who the 2023 Florida Avengers, you know, are and what they're going to look like.
1: All right, um, let's move on to Atlanta, Tennessee. We've never seen Tennessee. They don't know what Atlanta's all about. We know what Atlanta's all about. So uh, do we send prayers now? I
2: don't know. Yes.
0: <laughs> send, them out, send them out early. Um, well, it'll be a learning experience. Let's just sure. let's put it that way. Um, and, you know, Tennessee's trying to build a new program, and um, so – Um, I think expectations are, are tempered, you know, low, um, especially against a team like Atlanta, who was in the thick of the playoff race last year. Um, you know, we're a very competitive team and, um, so I don't have too much, uh, worry that the Phoenix won't, you know, that the Phoenix will collapse, you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to win this one, even, even though they are playing on the road. But we do get to we'll get to see, you know, um what it looks like there, um at Austin Peace State University. It's gonna be pretty mm-hmm. cool to um see a game in that setting. Oh yeah.
1: So I'm looking forward to the Trojans. I mean pretty good logo. I like I love their logo. Their logo's very creative. Uh oh, there's a really good logo done there. Um so the other teams is we got the uh you know, we got the Cali Nevada clash. Uh the legends showed us late that they can do that. Uh they can, you know, kind of come strong, but Vegas, you know, they've been a really good team the last two years. Um, very competitive against Utah, very competitive against San Diego. Uh, they got retooled. They got a couple X League stars, Mariah, Mar- Mariah Lopez, a couple X League players, uh, you know, from that infusion plus their veteran players. Um, so, Terry uh, Walters, I think uh, this is a. This is the, uh, the year where she takes the helm of it by herself. Like, cause I don't think Dion's being a part of it. So this is a, a true, uh, Carrie Walters season and, uh, the legends as well, uh, Mark, a lot to prove. So both teams here, a lot to prove.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you recall last year, I mean, these two teams put up a barn burner and it was a, mm-hmm. a heck of a game and I'm not sure what week it was. It was kind of early in the season. It was like week two. Um, so I kind of have this as a toss-up. I think this might be turn into a very entertaining matchup. Um, so, um, you know, but whoever wins is, is, is you know, they're just going to have a step up um, in the playoff race right off the bat. Um, it should be an exciting game. I, I, I'm looking forward to this one.
1: The one I'm looking forward to, the second one I'm penciling in, besides Denver and Houston, is Oregon-Seattle. The Majestic's kind of revitalized. McCarron's back. Uh, You got, you know, Cindy over there as well. Uh, Oregon, you know, really good with Leah out there uh, at the helm. Uh, This is more of a true rivalry, rivalry in the Northwest that we've seen in the last couple seasons. Uh, Majestic's kind of fallen down in there. But Oregon really stepped up without the running back injuries. If they can stay healthy, uh, this this is a good matchup. Both teams always play pretty gritty.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. This was the other um, matchup on my card that I, I had marked down as as kind of a toss up. Now, if the, you know, had this been last year, um, you know, I would have picked Oregon um, kind of sh- straight off the, you know, off, straight off the top. But uh, we do know that, you know, the Majestics have retooled a little bit. They've gotten some uh, veterans in, and uh, you know, I'm also looking forward to hearing our co-host. Terry Lister's podcast where uh, he talks with Seattle Majestic's owner, um, Scott McCarran. So I'm looking forward to that. I know that the Majestic's are going to be more competitive this year than they were last year. And so I think that makes a really good game with with the Oregon Ravens here in week one.
1: Yeah, I think Oregon, um, very impressive the last couple of seasons. Unfortunate that they've had some injuries, right? Seattle, not so much. Seattle, I mean their the offensive the, their QB was running for their lives <laughs> for the most part all season.
0: Yes. So, yes.
1: defense was still really good but just didn't work out. Um do we go to Utah and San Diego? These are two familiar teams. We don't know if Nenji Martin's going to be quarterbacking at this point. That's the question mark. Uh Utah also new coaching change, right? With uh, some additions uh-huh. as well and and San Diego's got a lot of international imports uh from, you know, overseas as well. So, uh, San Diego uh, deep in the playoffs thought they were going to go to the nine cup. Didn't happen. Um, so Utah did go. So this is a, a week one rivalry uh, kind of bitterness game, right? Who's
0: going to, who's going to yeah. get the first win? <laughs> yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I, I <laughs> You know, you always want to, you know, get revenge on the team that knocked you out of the playoffs and, um, so, so this is what we get in week one, um, which is awesome. Um, I think I'm going to give the edge to the Falcons. Um, not only are they playing at home, um, I, I feel like, you know, San Diego's quarterback situation, uh, you know, being up in the air um, is, um, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to overcome, I think. Um they become one dimensional, and it's going to be very—it's going to be easy for Utah to stop if they just are running all the time, right? Um, so, you know, and even if if Martin is back under center, which I hope she isn't, because that does not seem like a very good idea to me after mm-hmm. that that car accident. Um, you know, e- even if she was under center, you know, how ready really could she be? After recovering, you know, from from that car accident, so I don't see that happening. So I'm expecting someone new under under center, and unless that, you know, we get surprised and it's a seasoned quarterback from, I don't know, precipitated from somewhere, um, you know, I'm definitely going to give the edge to to Utah on this one. If
1: the if the coach in Utah, the new coaching and I,
0: don't, I didn't write
1: it down his name, but if the coach in Utah still runs a triple option, that's always a challenge for anybody, and especially mm-hmm. week one. You know, after two or three mm-hmm. weeks and you get to see it, that's not so bad because you got game film. But the first week is usually pretty tough. But uh, i got to give San Diego the edge here. Uh, defensively, I think they will get the win. I think they're the, the pretty stout on defense still. So even if they struggle offensively, maybe their defense makes up the difference. Uh, Utah, to your to your point, yes, I think they will be more offensive-minded. Can their defense keep them in the game? Uh, I think that's the only two questions that I have, but, uh, I think we're on opposites. You're taking Utah. Uh, I'm going to take San Diego in terms of just the defensive edge. Um, Mark, before we get out of here, we've got five minutes. Uh, is Mississippi a real threat against the elite week one? Big question.
0: Um, yeah, that, that, you know, that's, are they a real threat? Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, yeah. Now, do I feel confident that they're going to be able to, to pull it off? Pull it off? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> pull off a big upset? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think Texas is going to win. Um, but in terms of your question, you know, I I think Mississippi has uh, the personnel to, to be a threat. hmm the question is in week one, you know, will they will they be ready? Um, and you know, I, I just don't know. I, I just you know, you got, I got to give the edge to the right you know, the reigning champ um, in this situation. York, if they
1: lose by three, if they lose by three, it will be a win. Let me just say that now,
0: right? If they lose by oh, three. Yeah. They
1: lose by a touchdown. That would be a huge win. I like.
0: I hear what you're talking about. Absolutely.
1: Right. And, so if they get blown uh, you know, out, what what did you do in the off season? Because <laughs> you have six months to get ready for this, this team. <laughs> if you get blown out, that's right. You
0: know what I mean? No, no, your point is well taken. You know, I mean, if you can't get a uh, you know a notch in the in the victory column, you know, in the win loss column, in the win column, you know, at least if you can take some moral victories and like feel good about yourself in a losing effort. I, I mean, I'd much rather have that than to just, like, get flattened and, like, be totally demoralized, you know, which, yeah, uh, trust me, is that, I mean, that's a possibility that that could happen, you
1: know. So week one, Mark, WNFC all set. Final takes for us. Uh, I guess we're going with Prodigy. You're taking Utah. I'm taking San Diego. Uh, we're both taking Texas Elite. Uh, obviously, because of the record and everything else. Not that Miss, Mississippi can't pull the pull the, the upset. Hopefully, that's the case. But that'll be a shocker of shockers. Uh, Seattle, Oregon. Are we mixed there? You taking Seattle, or Oregon?
0: Um, uh, gee, I mean, it's a toss up for me. So you mm-hmm. know what I will just. I think I'm going to take Oregon.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Oregon. I'm just going to trust I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: that. Yeah, I'm going to trust that defense and.
1: Until McCarron we'll can Prove me wrong. We're going to Oregon. Uh Silver Stars look pretty good. Um but uh, I'm am an LA homegrown guy and I got I got to support that the box. So I'm going with LA. All right. I'll,
0: I'll take uh, Vegas. Sorry, I'll Vegas. take Vegas just to make it interesting.
1: Yeah. Um Bandits Houston. Uh we obviously have to go with Lister. So go Terry. Let's get let's get the W. Um, and then uh, Atlanta, I'm taking Atlanta, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll get the win, like you said, on the road. Kansas City, we'll go with Kansas City. So that's our that's our final takes for week one. So it's going to be an interesting week one. Don't forget to subscribe uh, on a W score. Pretty easy to do, $9.99 for the month. You can cancel any time. And you can also uh, $40 for the year. So a great value. Mark, I think that's it. Uh week one, we're anticipating this uh coming weekend. We'll see who stands out yeah. for week one
0: yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna get a lot of answers to some of our off season questions, and that's gonna be awesome and We're just gonna enjoy the moment. let's all enjoy the moment and um uh, just celebrate that football is starting once again
1: yeah no we're we're good to go. And uh, everybody uh, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast as well. Helps us with the algorithm. Give us a cool five-star review. If you like Mark Simone, give us a star five stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, for, uh, you know, the absent Terry Lister, Mackenzie Brooks, uh, Nate Ward, uh, and uh, Holly Custis. We'll catch you here for week one recap of the WNFC. This should be very exciting, right, Mark?
0: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right, guys. Uh, have a great night. Uh, don't forget to uh, listen up to our podcast, 438. Lonnie Kamal, Lewis Cook, Amber Marcucci, if you missed it, and then uh, obviously Grace Cooper and Coach Soho, 436. So, And you can rewind 439 with uh, Elizabeth Jenkins. Have a great night, everybody.